Greetings and welcome to episode 1.11 of my podcast. Today I want to cover a lot of ground without taking up too much time, so I may proceed at a faster pace than usual. On the other hand, I am still aiming to keep this relaxed and calm, which is one of the recurring pieces of feedback I have gotten from listeners and for which I am very grateful. Several listeners have mentioned that they find these podcasts and my voice comforting and relaxing, and I'm really grateful for that because that was one of the foremost aims I had to create something of that kind of atmosphere. So, this time I'm going to do one thing that I have been thinking of doing all along, which is to basically jump from one topic to another without even any kind of segue between them. I find that having taken such a long break between episodes recently, having gotten busy with other things I needed to be taken care of in my life, has left me with a surplus of things I have been thinking about and have had on my mind with the idea of sharing them in this podcast. First, I want to mention that typically to me, when I brought up the subject of keys of creativity in a recent podcast, and I listed several people whom I personally find helpful in terms of them saying or having said things in discussing art and their own creativity, things that help me get some kind of insight on how to proceed with my own creativity. And that is to me extremely valuable. And I'm always, every day, I'm on the hunt for things like this. And that is a big reason I value these certain people. But what I started out saying is that typically to me, I left out some really big names that I would put at the top of that list. Maybe it's that I have so many such inspirations, or maybe there's an inner saboteur that was kind of making me forget. But I wanted to correct that mistake now by mentioning that maybe the three creators that have been most helpful to me in this way are David Lynch, the composer Bangalis, and another composer called Ron Jones, who used to composed for Star Trek a very long time ago before being let go for essentially creating music that was too distinctive, too good, and too much of a voice in the overall product, which is of course ridiculous, but I won't go more into that right now. These are people whose interviews and talks and conversations that we have access to on YouTube and other places are full of insights that come from their hearts that say enough but not too much and they are things that point the way or open the way to something. And to me, like I mentioned before, that is actually rare. Many people, of course, who are creative people whether creating works of art or performing or in any kind of way. They can, of course, speak of what they do, but it may not translate into this kind of 
communication, at least for me, maybe for others it does. But yes, definitely, among the very most helpful things I have ever stumbled upon in my life have involved David Lynch, Van Gelis, and Ron Jones. I will likely return to all of these people over time in these podcasts, but right now I just wanted to get the names out there. And um, each of these people is very unique. They aren't marching to anyone else's drum. If I would just point out one avenue that someone might want to explore, it would be to look up interviews with Bangalis on YouTube. He is someone who doesn't play the game of presenting himself as a marketable commodity. He is just himself when he is answering the questions. His thinking is so different from many musicians and performing artists, and so much healthier and wiser, it seems to me, that hearing those interviews was like a breath of fresh air. And even that seems to me like an understatement. That is one of the most inspiring things for me always, when somebody says something that you immediately recognize inside was something that you already deep down believed yourself, but for some reason had not allowed yourself to really acknowledge that that is how you see it also. Maybe because that way of seeing things is too unusual and you were afraid of others seeing you as strange in a bad way or conceited or all these things that other people can bring to bear on you or even they can be imagined things that restrict who you can be as a person or a creative artist. But then you hear something that suddenly just unlocks that something within and that gives you a whole new path to explore or reminds you of something that you may have lost. Maybe you at one point were following that path but then something got you lost on the way. I was going to make this episode without segues but this actually does bring me to maybe the most important point I want to make in this episode. I was thinking yesterday of all the creative people I know. People, for example, with great, beautiful voices. People who can sing or talk in a beautiful way, or who can create music, who create visual art, or write about art, or who write poems or stories, all these different things, and it almost physically hurts me when someone I know and care about has so much potential, but they may be giving up on pursuing that road, because things have been difficult, and perhaps because people around them are discouraging them. It can be their own family, even their so-called friends, although I will say that nobody is really your friend if they are discouraging your creativity or if they are making you feel like your dreams are stupid or that you are not worth those dreams. If there's anyone like that around you, my advice is get rid of them. And I don't even care if it's your family members. You can first bring this up with them and see if they respect your request to not beat you down or try to discourage you or make you feel 
like you are not worth those dreams and achievements that you desire in your heart of hearts. You can achieve all of those in one form or another. And on a more concrete note, I would say that if you can sing or if you can act or if you can record and you have a beautiful voice, if you can do those things, don't wait around for anyone to come give you permission or to give you a contract or to invite you to perform somewhere. Make your own opportunities. And if you have people around you, again, who don't want you to do those things, who are not supportive of your creativity, then those people are not your people. They are not on your side. I just want to emphasize this because I have an intuition in several cases with people that I know that there are these limiting factors and that can even take the form of people you may believe are your friends because they are very kind to you in person, they smile at you, they welcome you to their home, but even that is no guarantee of anything. Pay attention to what they support in the things you do or don't support and pay attention to whether they really seem happy for you and encourage your explorations throughout life and when it comes to also traveling and being with other people because some people are very 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 good at being two-faced and in reality they don't really wish you to have success because they themselves are not having that in their lives. That is a sad reality about human behavior, but I think all of us end up seeing it over and over, and I hate that. I'm not personally having anyone like that in my life at the moment, but in the past I can think of some occasions, and right now I am thinking of other people. And so again, if nobody is telling you, and again, I just wanted to put this out there in case even one person might hear it, who has been beaten down enough to give in in this area or to give up, to give up their dreams of being a singer or a performer or a poet or a storyteller because people around them are seeking to control in subtle ways that may seem like caring on the surface or not wanting you to get disappointed and other excuses like that. Discouragement takes so many forms and don't take any of it, is my advice. Let yourself shine and develop. That's what I hope for you. And I wanted to get that thought out there again, here also. I have said it to the people also in person when I have had the opportunity and that kind of talk has been welcome. And again, despite my best attempt not to have segues, this topic brings me fairly neatly to another topic. I was talking about people who can sing or whose voices are beautiful and that I think are even far more beautiful than any famous actor that I can think of. I know at least two people personally who have the most beautiful voices I have ever heard in my life and ways of speaking and expressing themselves. And that reminded me of 
something I've been also meaning to mention in this podcast, and that is that I think accents can be really beautiful. Of course, also people who speak their language in a native's fashion, born in that country and into that culture. The background doesn't matter. Somebody born English can speak English also extremely beautifully. But I have an especial admiration personally for combinations of accents. For example, combination of Icelandic and English can be very beautiful to me. I used to have the idea, the unconsidered idea, I think, when I was younger. My aim was to speak English like a native of England or America, and it changed a little bit, and sometimes it was I was aiming for a mix of those. But over the years, I came to be ever more swayed in the direction of why should I do that? Why why aim for something that would make me sound like countless other people? And the final clincher for me was when I heard English being spoken in an Icelandic accent and then also just Icelandic being spoken. And that struck me as so beautiful a combination. Of course, it partly also depends on the person speaking. That made me realize that that combination could be among the most beautiful I have ever heard. And in that case, it was also the person speaking. But in terms of what I was talking about, it made me realize for good that it doesn't make sense to try to speak like a native of England, for example. Because if I ever achieved that, I would just sound like any number of other people. So I would have eliminated what it is about myself that is different from others. And whether that's good or bad, it's not up to me to say really. But like I said in one of those earliest episodes of this podcast, I think what we ultimately have to offer to the world, the thing that we can share, is only our own individuality. So however our voice may be, that is what we can share of ourselves. And the way we speak, I think it's better if we speak in our own way. I've even taken that into a place in my own thinking that I think most people studying English and wanting to be good at it wouldn't take it. Because although I could speak in a very formal and very complex way and using fancy words, over time I started to see simple language as much better. Right there I could have said preferable, but better says the same thing in a simpler way, for example, but that's not a particularly good example of it. When I also noticed that people who are not native speakers of English, they can sometimes use expressions that are lyrical and beautiful and memorable to a greater extent than something that would be called like perfect Queen's English. That made me realize the beauty that can come of these combinations of languages and cultures and different ways of speaking and thinking. I want to return to this topic also another time. Uh, There's a whole chapter 
I wanted to write in some book about the beauties of Icelandic, for example, because it reflects different ways of thinking than the ones reflected in English. And the combination of those can be very poetic and evocative to me, at least, and inspiring. What I was explaining here in my own usual way is that when I realized that, that people using English in ways that somebody who was a prescriptive kind of thinker would call ungrammatical or so-called poor English, I definitely would not call poor or ungrammatical because those expressions I'm thinking of and those ways of speaking were even more expressive than so-called perfect English would have been. And I'm not saying this in any kind of condescending way. I really mean it as someone who appreciates lyrical and unique and memorable uses of language. And when I realized that speaking in a way where something may be a little off, so to speak, I mean it only in quotation marks, off, because I don't see it in a judgmental way. Using language that way can be better in ways that matter to me personally. And that made me even start to sometimes use English myself in ways that was less formal or that may come across as me not knowing how to say something or not knowing a fancy word. Actually, it's more that I prefer to avoid fancy words at this point, and I like the way comedians can use language, like Noel MacDonald again, to mention my favorite comedian, and someone who always makes me smile and even feel less lonely, which is something that very few comedians or creative artists can do. He uses often very simple language, but it's funny for that reason, and also expressive. And so, while I could often go for a very technical way of expressing something, or to use an expression that features some jargon, I usually avoid that these days, even if I may then come across as somebody who is not so good at English. In the end, I think it is more important to let yourself be all the things that only you can be, as long as you don't happen to be a complete jerk and set on awful designs on the world. I'm talking, of course, of people with some heart. Well, I didn't cover as much ground as I wanted to. I ended up talking longer about these things than I had in mind, but I think there were some things worth saying there. Just a couple of concluding thoughts. I really like how people like talk show hosts and comedians have been doing lo-fi things that actually are often even nicer in many ways and more down-to-earth, more on a human level and less manufactured than the things they had been doing prior to that. Not to put those other things down in any way, but for example, uh, Conan O'Brien is doing something called Conan at Home, and yesterday I watched on YouTube his video chat with Russell Brand, and it ended up feeling like hanging out with these people. 
of course we are not really, but what I mean is it created a sense of relaxation that usually doesn't come with watching actual talk show appearances filmed for television, which often are more structured and so on. And because I at least have felt that a lot of entertainment has gotten so manufactured and so thoroughly designed and coordinated, I welcome this leveling down in a way, bringing things back to a more human level. And I think it's very refreshing seeing people just talking in real time without a specific agenda or something they've agreed in advance that they will talk about. Finally, before I go, I wanted to say thank you to Andrew Meller, who is a journalist, critic, and Nordic music specialist, and who mentioned after I had posted one or two episodes that he had listened to and enjoyed the podcast. I apologize for forgetting to also mention you in my brief lists of names earlier. I just have had a mind more like a sieve during this lockdown, I have noticed, than usually. And now I want to get going. Just my words of encouragement and support to everyone. Don't forget your dreams, or let anyone speak you out of them. There are ways to make those things happen, and the important thing is to start making your own opportunities. At this point in time, anyone living in our modern societies can, for example, get a microphone and start recording their own things and putting them up somewhere. And anyone can publish a book on Amazon, for example, and that doesn't cost anything either. So it's only a matter of doing it and getting those things out there. That's all from me this time, and good night.